This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Center, I want up there, and I want you to pass. Pass, always pass. Let the ball do the running for you. Don't try and run with it. You're in no condition to run for 90 minutes, I tell you. This especially applies to wingers. If you can't cross, don't run it through. Try and get a corner. A set piece works in our favor, which means that as they... Give me this. Kobe, after giving me ball, here I do this, 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 this. Easy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. The face of football, Pele, passed away yesterday aged 82. The greatest player of all time, the standard by which all are measured. 12 goals and 10 assists in 14 World Cup games, 77 goals in 92 internationals, 3 goals, 3 assists in 2 World Cup finals, 120 goals in 90 games against European clubs. He may have left us, but he will always have footballing immortality. On a night where City lined up with round pegs in round holes, they went toe-to-toe with an informed Millwall team. And if it was a boxing match, I think they would have just edged it on points. Much improved from Saturday. The minimum ask before the game was that everyone put in a shift, and for me, they did. It seemed last night, Matt, that the players were still playing for the manager and another performance like that with a more clinical edge up top. Who knows what happens at Coventry? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've got to be honest to say before the game, I don't think many would have expected us to get much out of Millwall. Um, they were in the playoff positions, I think, before the start of the game. Um, but it it goes back to what us as fans have been saying for months, really. Play players in their favoured positions, round pegs, round holes. And you get an improved performance. Um, and certainly on the balance of the second half, um, we should have won the game. Um, you know, we'll talk about chances, but we missed some really good chances. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get carried away. It, it wasn't an enthralling game by any stretch of the imagination. The first half was pretty dire. I still think we gave the ball away far too cheaply. We hit too many long balls. Um, but a point away at Millwall for us in particular is, is a decent point. Yeah, Lee's three words, written by Rob in Lee's absence, were missing magic moments. Uh, Bring in our guest, it's Phil Donaldson, who's all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, but he's back home in Bristol for Christmas. Phil, how are you, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you doing today? Yeah, not bad, not bad. We'll start with our check-in, actually. You can go first. Talk club, how are you out of 10? Uh, the whole club or just the game? <laughs> <laughs> no, how are you out of 10? Oh, how am I? I'm, I'm a good eight. I'm a, a good, good eight. eight. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's good to hear. I'm I'm probably, I wasn't going to say, I'm going to go as high as an eight on an early, early podcast morning, but um, I'll join you on an eight. Uh, it was vastly improved. Um, I'm looking forward to a few drinks on uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow. And yeah, I've forgotten 
actually you know things like what i do for a job what my password is so it's been a good time off work and i'm not actually going back for another at least five days so uh god knows what happens when when we go back to work i honestly don't even know what day it is if i'm completely honest and matt's just getting delivered um his morning tea coffee um, have a look though in, in yeah. his three peeps cup and nice in his three peeps mug yeah uh any toast any toast no 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 toast i said you know now now i'm doing the pod i'll have to leave the toast for this morning so yeah (laughs) all right uh so yeah two eights matt are you joining us on an eight or uh no Uh, i'm I'm a seven mainly because my knees are still hurting from the coach trip up and (laughs) it it was a late one so yeah I'm, i'm a seven but improvement on the weekend there's an idea for you matt on the i mean the cat's Cats Travel Service, City Away Travel Service, we'll give yep. it its full title. Um, you know, it gets people to the game. It does serve, yep. serves a great purpose and has been reliable for many, many years now. But would you pay a premium for a more luxury coach? Absolutely. Um, and I think from talking to a number of people last night, um, a fair few feel that we've perhaps taken a backward step from uh, the previous Peter and Carol um city away travel service um certainly yeah uh the 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 coach last night wasn't the most comfortable in i believe there have been a number of problems this year talking to again travelers and i saw tweets from people saying about time that the club laid on um a free trip somewhere for fans i think to a game i don't think sort of generally like alton towers <laughs> day out, but, um because of the the problems they've encountered, I mean, I could only talk on last night, and it, it wasn't the most enjoyable experience. Okay. All right. Um, aside from all the great work that the likes of Jerry and, and Dave, who was oh, on I must take that do one hell night. of an arrangement. Yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. For well, feedback is is always uh, constructive. Exactly. Right. So we've done our check in. Uh, let's have a look at the starting lineup. And Matt, I was really pleased when I saw the starting lineup. As we said at the start, round pegs in round holes. Tanner in a right wing back position. I know he's more of a right back, but you know, I think at the moment, in terms of availability, he's the one that needs to play in there. Pring on the on the left wing back. You had Atkinson in the middle of Naismith on the left and Viner on the right. I, I loved the fact that Andy Viman was playing in behind the front too. Uh, so I was quite buoyant when I saw the starting lineup. Yeah, um probably my only um my only call out would have been um the bench. Um I, I would still have had Hannah Masenga on the bench. You know Nigel Pearson talks about he's still very much part of the squad. We'll use him when we need to use him. I can't believe that um, an energetic midfielder like him isn't on the bench. Um, but in terms of the starting lineup, yeah, you could, couldn't really question it. Um, interestingly, he went Atkinson in the middle and Naismith to the left, um, which I think is the better choice because Wait, I think it frees Naismith up Naismith to make those balls, doesn't and, it? And he's he's naturally obviously left footed in on the left hand side, but I think he gets caught centrally. Atkinson. Um, and it was interesting watching Nigel Pearson's post-match um, press conference. He didn't go overboard with his praise. He said something along the lines of, yeah, yeah, he he, he did well. He, he he just headed it, you know, and that's not a bad thing. And you're like, yeah. Well, I think was, he did more than head it. He actually, it was a his, bit more his, than, exactly. his, his thigh onto the crossbar was as good exactly. as a goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we thought Max had saved that, and I know we'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah, it was obviously clearly Rob. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he was, um, I mean, he was my man in a match last night, Rob Atkinson. Yeah. I thought he was excellent. But, 
the two surprises for me, Phil, were um, him going for Semenyo over Wells. Obviously, we've got the Wells and Conway uh, partnership that's that's been so good so far this season. Um, and also King, I was surprised to see him on the bench. I thought he'd be out for a few weeks with injury. Yeah, did he ever, I, didn't, I don't think he ever came back and said what the injury was, though, right? No. <clears throat> so I could just maybe just like a dead leg or something like that. But I it mean, looked like ankle from, from the weekend. Yeah, he, I mean, so he really hobbled lo- off. Lo- lower limb, didn't it? But Yeah. yeah. So, but I think, but if you look at the physical presence that was needed last night, I think that's probably why he's gone with Atkinson. Like you said, I think Spons. Atkinson pretty much won everything yeah. in the air as well, which I'm sure is why he was in the middle. I mean, he dominated, I thought, in, in the middle, at yeah. the back. So, Okay, right, let's get on to... I think the, the same with Semenyo. I think Semenyo, from a physicality point of view as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil's, like, Phil's point there, I think that... I, you know, I, I love Tommy Conway. I would have rested Tommy last night and, and probably started with Naki. Um, but I think it now means Naki's fresh, got, what, 25, 30 minutes in his legs last night. Yeah, I think post Naki to start. Post-match interview with Nigel more or less sort of said that he'll be rotating yeah. Wells and Conway and giving Semenyo some more be games. be interesting though. to see how quickly Antoine recovers because he, he went down with cramp. <laughs> Probably with 20, 25 minutes to go. Yeah. Um, and Pearson again afterwards kind of said, now nah, we thought we'd just keep him on there and make him play through. Oh, yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Good thing, you know. Yeah. So you two were there. Uh, yeah. I was watching on Rubin's TV. So we'll have a maybe a slightly different perspective on a few things. But we'll get into the minutes now. Uh, second minute, I've got a shaky start from Millwall. Semenyo and Conway chasing down well, Matt. Yeah, um, I mean, with with both of them and, and Naki, to be fair, but I think with Andy Vyman behind in particular, you, you get much more of a press um, and they were energetic. Sometimes we chased sort of needlessly, um, but that comes with experience. Um, but Millwall, again, they're not a particularly entertaining side to watch, I don't imagine. And they've got the two big bruises at the back um, and they are just that, two big bruises. So... Um, I always felt there was a chance with with our pace and power against them. Fourteenth mm. minute, Phil. Ball forward from Scott. Semenyo gets taken out by Hutchinson, but the ball rolls to Conway. He takes it on, takes it wide a little bit on the right hand side, and shoots right footed, but it goes wide. The first real chance for for either team. Yeah, I thought it was good, a good referee in initially to to let let it play on, and, and obviously from where our end it was the opposite end, so you couldn't see like how close it actually was. You obviously had the better view on your couch. Um, But, (laughs) but, um, I mean, but for him not to, not to book him for that challenge was terrible. Yeah, that was a big surprise. It was like an awful, awful challenge. So, but no, I mean, that was the little bit of combination, right? So it looked good initially for them. So, yeah. Yeah. No, good opportunity. 31st minute, sorry, 19th minute, terrific diagonal switch from Naismith. Tanner controls really well, gets a good cross in, and Semenyo attacks it, but is challenged, and his header goes wide, Matt. But it was quite refreshing to see Tanner getting down the line and getting some good crosses in. He looks to do that when he gets the ball, doesn't he? He is someone that likes to go past, likes to go past and um, likes to to whip the cross in. Um, And Antoine... Again, yeah, showed his physicality, but up against, I think it was Hutchinson with that one. Um, he was probably always going to come off second best, but no, it was good to see. 
Yeah. 31st minute, great build-up play from City, ends with a great whipped ball from Naismith, and Semenyo potentially impeded, can't get on the end of it. So Semenyo, Phil, was getting in some really good positions, but the defender always seemed to have the better of him. Yeah, you, you could see, and I'm not sure if Matt could see it as well, he was actually dropping back in. Like, Weiman was going high, Semenyo would drop back in, but the centre-backs wouldn't always find him. Yeah. You could, and you you could tell, especially in the first half, he was getting frustrated. He was getting frustrated because he was dropping in the hole, looking for the ball to feet, and they were going different ways instead. And you could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated in the first half from that. But I thought his movement was good. Mm-hmm. I thought his movement was real good last night. There were a couple of moments where I think he he went too central at times. The the space seemed to be from where I was in the sort of way to the sides, and both him and Tommy Conway were were fairly central. Um, and sometimes I think Naismith was looking a little bit like with Rotherham patch. Those balls were played down the channel, weren't they, for them to then cut in. in. And a, a, again, last night, probably the best crosses that got put in were from Conway and Wells. <laughs> so, you know, same same situation. But I, I agree with um, with Phil. I thought Antoine was at least putting himself about. I mean, he's probably because of the lack of game time, his touch still isn't there. Um, and a few of us put it in the WhatsApp group, didn't we, that... Um, or a few of you, because I was watching the game. It was kind of Antoine from 2019 and not not the upgraded version. But I think he's not played a lot of football. So, you know, that's going to come. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, okay, 36 minute. James does really well to win the ball in an offensive position in, in the Millwall half. He feeds some menu, but he just can't get hold of the ball. Um, Matt, just going back to what you were saying then, he... James did really well to win the win the ball back, and and that's what we want to see more of. Uh, but Semenyo just literally just could not could not put his foot on the control, ball. Couldn't control it, could he? Yeah. Um, and like I say, may, maybe that comes with a lack of um, competitive game time. You can do all you want in training, can't you? Um, yeah, you, you never really you, know you what need... he's going to do, do you? No, no, you don't. You don't. Um, which again kind of goes back to how he used to be. He, he used to this, well, probably not this season. Last season, you kind of knew what he was going to do. You knew he was just going to get it down, knock it, and go. And or and shoot. he just doesn't seem to be able to, yeah, find find that same form at the moment, does he? Yeah. Forty uh, first minute feels that the moment we've spoken about. Volsammer wax one <laughs> from the edge of the box. It was such a clean strike. It was one of those ones that went the same height across the you know, um, same height across the pitch at speed. And Atkinson just gets his thigh on it and it whips up onto the bar. Um, and a fantastic, fantastic defending from uh, from Rob Atkinson. Yeah, I think we must have been on the, on the other side of the away end to where to where Matt was because we were yeah. like right behind it. So we could, we could see it came up off. And he actually did well, to be fair to him, he actually did well because he had to get his arms out of the way mm. as well to, to make sure it's not his arms. And... Yeah, I mean, it was anything, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the thing that was picked up on commentary, I think, by Alex Ball was the fact that we need someone on the edge of the box to pick up those loose balls to actually, you know, prevent the shot from even coming in the first place, Matt. Yeah, it was a, a little bit slow, wasn't it, to, to, to get out to him. Um, and it was a little bit of a melee sort of beforehand, so... <laughs> Um, they were all kind of in there, but yeah, I, I agree with Alex, but it was a, a brilliant block. And that's what Rob Atkinson gives you. He is that kind of John Terry defender who literally will just throw his body at it. 
Um, from where I was, genuinely, we all thought that Max had then got a touch onto it, but obviously he was nowhere near it. it um, you know, it was clearly Atkinson onto the bar. So great defending, yeah, great defending. Really important as well. Forty-first minute, half time coming up. That that's a game changer, isn't it? Well, we've, we've talked the last two games, haven't we? Half the the goal <laughs> before half time um, has kind of killed us in both, or the missed opportunity before half time killed us yeah. at the the last home game, didn't it? So yeah. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Okay, halftime summary, a pretty turgid affair with very few moments of quality from either side. For the first half hour, both teams seemed to be favouring a more direct approach, but to little effect. A couple of half chances from us before a shot blocked by Atkinson deflected onto our bar. We've had the odd moment where we've tried to play a bit more and look better for it, but overall, little happening up front. Weiman has barely been in the game, but partly down to how we've played. One thing I do find intriguing is why Atkinson is now the defensive anchor and Naismith is on the left of the three. Earlier in the season, it was the other way round, with Atkinson carrying the ball into space down the left-hand side channel. Is it that we are our new tactic is the long diagonals from Naismith? In fairness, he put one great ball that Semenyo nearly got on the end of, but the downside is that we're bypassing our midfield more often as a result and turning the ball over more often. Millwall's increasing threat is coming down the flanks with their fullbacks overlapping. Need to up the ante in the second half, Matt, and that's Rob's halftime summary. A um, couple of points there. I think we kind of t- discussed it about the Atkinson Naismith central left i think it it goes back to phil's point i think he just wanted the physicality in the middle of the pitch um bradshaw's a really really good player he's got a good leap on him um and he's got something about him he's 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 physical he's got a touch of nastiness about him i really like him um i thought i thought it was the right move i'm I'm not sure tactically whether it is the way that we're going to set up going forward he's definitely right about the diag from from naismith um, I think probably, I don't know, one in four or five worked, a couple of them he overhit, um, and spot on in terms of their threat. E- early on, or probably mid- midway through, George Tanner got caught a couple of times down the right-hand side, um, and if Mill would have been a little bit better with their final ball, we might have got caught out. But um, I, it, as I said, it, it was a fairly even, um, turgid, I don't know if I'd go as strong as Turgid. I think it was just two sides that sat up against each other and were, and were pretty defensive. What's your thoughts, Phil, in terms of Atkinson? You know, we, we've seen him, as Rob says, playing the left of a three, and he does give him a bit more license to, to roam, which he likes to do, and has been quite exciting to watch and has 
created a lot of opportunities, but surely you can still do that even in the center of a three because, you know, Viner can tuck in or James can sit back into the into that position if he goes on. Yeah, I think one of the things that I think that was interesting was you could tell last night, I don't know if you could, Matt, as well, was uh, Atkinson doesn't necessarily talk as much as Naismith. 100%. Because in general. Maybe in general, but you, you could see the balls. There was one stage where him and Naismith almost got into it because the forward, the forwards run across, made, the, made the run across and you could tell Atkinson didn't say anything. Yeah. And like he just got in behind Naismith, and Naismith had no idea that he was there. And so I think you're talking about that in the in with Tanner as well, right? Well, if Naismith, uh, sorry, Atkinson's not talking, Viner doesn't know he's going, and, and Viner's not a talker as well. Yeah, yeah, Viner's not a big talker. So yeah. I, I think that was the only downside to it in, in, in the first half was the lack of communication. But if you look in the second half, that didn't happen. Yeah. So obviously, I think they got in. I've had a conversation about it, but you know, I, I think if if Atkinson's not going to go anywhere, just sit him in the middle and let Naismith and Viner both go. Yeah, I'd like to see Viner have a little bit more belief when he brings the ball yeah. forward. He sort of he, he brings it so far, and then either stops and goes back, or or overhits a pass, or a couple of times last night he played passes into the forwards. Mm. where they had like two men right up their ass. And it was like, even if he wins it, he's not going to be able to do anything with it. Um, you know, and there were a couple of times he could have overlapped in. Uh, and I think it's just confidence with him. Um, but yeah, t- totally agree with what Phil says about the talking. Okay, 50th minute. Vyman 1-2 with Tanner after Naismith almost loses the ball, but makes up for it. But that started with some positive intent from Atkinson and Vyner, Matt, and that's literally what we've just been talking about. Exactly what we've said. Yeah, exactly what we've said. And because Millwall weren't posing a huge threat, I think they should have been bringing the ball out more. Um, Matty James was sort of sitting in, and, and we'll, we'll talk about Matty James when we sort of talk later on with the players, but... He was sitting in and doing what he does, and and it leaves them that that opportunity to to bring it out. Um, and it was a good good little move. Yeah, it was yeah. a good little move, and good to see Vyman then starting to get involved. Yeah, absolutely. 60th minute, Phil. Two crosses in quick succession from Tommy Conway. The second one, he opted for Semenya at the near post as opposed to Vyman on the edge of the six-yard box. Now, that was an opportunity where he, he he had two options, really. And I think he went for Semenya at the near post. Whether he saw Vyman or not in space, almost on the penalty spot, um, is another thing. But, uh, yeah, we I mean, we've seen Semenya sort of flick them in or do something with that. But uh, two crosses from Tommy Conway. And in the 60th minute, we're attacking. Yeah, I think definitely started to get more success down outside outside the centre backs. Yeah, right. The their their left back, right back were pushing on a little bit, got the space in more and more, and it was just that final ball, which I think was a continuous thing as the game progressed. Right. Yeah. It was just that final pass, final cross. Matt, did you pick up on that? I mean, the the. the... Vyman was in space. He clearly wanted the ball. Um, but yeah, it's whether... I, I saw Tommy look up, but I think he just opted for Semenya. I, I think he just opted for Semenya's run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so 68th minute, it's Wells for Conway. And I think, um, you know, they clearly want to get Semenya on the pitch, give him some game time, whether that's putting him in the shop window or just getting him on the pitch to try something a bit different. Um, but yeah, I expected that that change to come, you know, 68th yeah, minute, probably a bit before. I didn't on the balance of 
what I watched last night, I thought Semenya was the one who looked off the pace, not off the pace, but didn't have his touch. Um, Tommy had got into the game a little bit more and had gone wide, and, and I probably would have gone Semenya coming off. But actually, listening to Pearson afterwards and with yeah, the way the game panned yeah. out, it probably wasn't the wrong call to make, in fairness to Pearson. so uh, And I think he wanted him to get 90 minutes. Yeah, clearly, because um, I mean, he, had, he had Sam Bell stripped for a good 10 Oh, minutes. really? I didn't see that. Um, yeah, he had Stan Bell stripped for a good 10 minutes before the end, especially when Semenu started going down with cramp, but they they just persevered with Semenu staying on there. So Okay. I, so, I think the reason I think the reason they took Conway off was right before that the ball came down to Semenu. We had like three players on him right in front of the benches. And Conway has just stayed all yeah. the way across in the middle. Semenu's played the ball down the line, thinking Conway's gonna at least make a yeah. run and Conway was nowhere. Okay. I think that's probably yeah, the, uh, into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 72nd minute. Pring inside to Scott, who gets just inside the box and bends a shot right footed, but not enough power, Matt. And we've seen Scott get into the box with these sort of little dreamy little runs. It wasn't quite that, but he just had a shot on goal, just needed a bit more power and a bit more whip, maybe. Yeah, it was it was probably the the most creative part last night for Alex Scott, um, that that moment, did everything right apart from the shot. It was kind of one of those where, and we've all, when we played the game, we've all done it, where you do the, the hard bit first, really, um, and then the ball seemed to just get stuck under him a little bit and he couldn't get the the connection he wanted. So, And it always makes me laugh, like lo- loads of City fans were, oh, 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 and I'm like, <laughs> mate, honestly, the keeper literally could have, you know, gone down in stages and put his cap on it, but... It was nice to see Alex Scott do that. And that's the thing that will catch the eye with Alex Scott. I didn't think it was another great game from Alex last night. Um, He was probably more disciplined last night, in fairness to him. Um, But I want to see Alex Scott doing the the creative bits going forward and, and that sort of damage, yeah. What's what's the like for me, Anne, over the over the last few weeks with Alex Scott and with Tommy Conway, in fact, are the the pace that they put on their passes is passed yeah. with intent. Do you notice yep. that? Yeah, definitely. Especially with Tommy. Um, Tommy really puts it in. And I, I think you, you play a pass in the way that you want to receive it yourself, don't you? So, yep. um, yeah, no, completely agree, mate. Yeah. Mm. Okay. 75th minute. Wells on the left. Vyman just takes it the chance off of Naismith. Oh, yeah. So this was Naki oh. Wells on the left-hand side. <laughs> he pulls the ball back and Vyman just as a striker would do, tries to get his foot on it, um, is 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 reaching a bit too much. But Naismith's literally just behind him, Phil, waiting to get that ball and, and have a shot. Well, I think we just spoke about communication from Naismith, right? And I don't I, I don't think there was any. There there couldn't have been. Because you're you're gonna hear him, right? And and the thing was with, with Vyman, it wasn't he didn't like hit it first time. He was trying to control it as well. Yeah. And I think that was the problem. He didn't hit it. He tried to control it and his touch was like, I think. Yeah, it just sort of bounced <laughs> off his foot really, didn't it, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah, dreadful. I mean, it, it was such a good move. I said earlier on about Naki and Tommy seemed to play the, the right ball in and Naki really picked, I'm sure he picked Naismith out. I'm sure he saw Naismith run. Um, I had Naismith's first goal scorer um, and 2-0, two, <laughs> and two nil, which would have brought me in um, seven hundred and fifty quid. So I was a bit gutted. <laughs> Blimey. Um, but yeah, I could I could see all day long. You're thinking this is like Naismith is going to absolutely cream this, and 
do I blame Vyman? Probably not as a striker. Um, but yeah, good opportunity. Uh, for me, this one was uh, the best chance. Vyman ball over the top. Mill defenders getting each other's way, and Semenyo's through with the keeper and instead of poking it home phil he opts to do some sort of decanio-esque volley well i the ball bounced i think it was it was a bad you know it was it was like up here you know what i'm saying it was up mm. here so he had to adjust himself if that's on the ground i think that's a goal yeah i just think a real strange I think, one but, but i think him having to adjust himself let the keeper get an extra you know get an extra yard yard and a half closer to him just because he had to adjust himself. But I think if it was on the ground, I think he's able to take it quicker. Yeah. You mean and you've then, seen these you know, chances. Yeah. You've seen these chances um come and you you always sort of put yourself in their position and, and there's there's ten different things he could have done. Yeah. Um but you've just you've just got to make your mind up what you're gonna do. And he that's what he went for and unfortunately the keeper saved it. But again we're creating these chances, creating these opportunities and uh, you just think, could this be? Could this be the one? Could this be the chance that we're <laughs> going to poke home? And unfortunately, not Matt on this occasion. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it it just felt like it was only going to be one goal that would win it if it was going to, you know, going to come. And I did genuinely think that we were the side that looked like that would happen. But it's just it's, we talked about it the weekend. It's the small margins, isn't it? Um, and that was probably what was missing last night, just that final bit of quality that would have been the difference. So, yeah. 78th minute, so literally a minute later, Vyman and Wells linking up well, um, and Vyman fires high and wide, so another opportunity. And then literally the minute after, 79th minute, Semenyo hooks the ball into Vyman's path. He volleys it wide from six yards and punches himself in the face for punishment. <laughs> uh, a good delivery from Naismith, Matt, but, you know, Andy Vyman nine times out of ten is scoring that. Pat, you only, you only had to see his reaction to know what he thought of that, that opportunity um, and his execution of it. I mean, it was it was a sitter, really, for Andy Vyman. Um, again, maybe playing right wing back for the last however many yeah, games. Yeah, I was thinking exactly does, the same. Does, doesn't help that. Um, you'd assume in training, he's training in a right wing back role and therefore not getting the same, you know, sharpness in, in his shooting up front. But um, that game at the end of last season where he had the confidence to chip the goalkeeper, I think it was yeah. against Hull, yeah. you know, that confidence came after scoring all those goals, all yeah. those assists, it's, being on cloud nine. It doesn't matter what position you play. It's that whole thing around repetition and, you know, your constant practice. You know, you take someone like David Beckham with his free kicks. David Beckham with his free kicks and his crossing was because he practiced it all the time. Mm. Now, if Andy Vyman is practicing or playing in a right wing back type role, he's not getting those same opportunities, is he? So, um, but all of that said, it was a shocker. <laughs> it was a shocker. <laughs> um, he would back himself, like you said, nine times out of 10 to score that and. You just, I just felt then, oh, that's our chance gone. And is this now going to bite us? Because um, Mill will then add a couple of little breaks and corners and stuff. But yeah, he, he should have scored no two ways about it. Now, was he offside though, Patch, looking back no. at the replay? Oh, he no, wasn't. Well, do you know what though, Phil? It's a really good point because his first reaction, and I don't know if his first reaction was because of, oh my God, have I missed that? Please, Please put save the flag me, up. linesman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the linesman didn't even, and I, I immediately, because I always do that anyway, it's a bit of a natural thing for me when we have a chance or a goal, my first thing is the linesman, and I followed his eyes straight away. 
and the linesman didn't even give a kind of nod or an indication that it would have been. So I don't, I don't think he was, or I don't think the linesman was going to give it, whether he uh, was or not. I don't know. He wasn't, and right. to be fair to Semenya, it was a really good hook into yeah. into the path of um, of Andy Vitamin. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's that was the 79th minute. That was my last note of any sort of consequence, and yeah, it was played out for a for a, a nil nil. And Matt, you probably would have taken that before the game. Yeah, I would have done. Um, as I said, I mean, I, I, I was talking, so I, I met a guy, um, George, on the way up, who happens to be a, a really good friend of Jack Leach. Was an interesting patch, um, right. and he he said he thinks Jack would be delighted to come on the podcast. Set it so up. That might be one for us. Good yeah. listening, George. Yeah, please pass yeah. on uh, please, my uh, please pass email on. address three p i a p c at gmail dot com. <laughs> but re- really nice guy chatting to him, so that killed the time sort of going up, um, chatting to all things cricket. But the interesting thing was, we started off talking about the city, and he said, "Oh, oh yeah, I was just listening to a podcast, sort of saying similar things." So I was like, "All oh, right, what podcast are you listen to?" And oh, this one, three peeps. I love it. It's me sort of go to, and I went. Well, funnily enough, <laughs> and he was like, "You're not," and I went, "Yeah, no, seriously, yeah, yeah, I am." And so we were talking about that. So it was that was quite nice, but um, you know, yeah, it was it was one of those games where, as I said, when, when what started off with this, me and him were chatting, and I said to him, "Look, I, I genuinely, I would never put City to lose in a bet or anything, but I genuinely don't think we're going to get anything out of this. I think we're where Millwall are in the league, all of the, the sort of atmosphere and everything that had gone on." Um, and we'll probably talk about it in a minute, but the tweet that had gone out yesterday, it just felt like, oh, things are unravelling a little bit here now, and maybe we're coming to the end, you know, of, of Nigel Pearson. So I genuinely expected us not to get any kind of performance. And you, you see this, the normal kind of tweets, you know, Roy the Alien saying how <laughs> um, senior players have gone to the, um, the, the owners and expressed their concerns. And you do think sometimes, oh, there's no, no smoke without fire. So, yeah, I, I was going there with really, really low expectations. So I actually came away reasonably happy, although it wasn't the greatest of overall games. Second half, I thought we did play some decent stuff and, and create some decent opportunities. Yeah. OK, lots of tweets to get through. I'll read through some, then we'll come on to the ratings. Um, so uh, Ashley Reynolds, miss of the season, cost us three points. Defence was solid for once. Dave, no mercy. Their home record is great. To leave there without conceding is good. Should slash could have left with all the points. Chris Chard, good to see players in right position. Wouldn't have broken up Conway and Wells for Semenyo. Think he's biding his time for a transfer. Masengo should be included regardless of contract as we are paying him and he isn't afraid to tackle and can run. Uh, Liam Healy, solid performance helped by players playing in their correct positions. Uh, Richie Rich, better performance, but a very low bar set. Should have took three points with the Vyman chance. Helps when players are playing in their correct positions. Bit of a recurring theme here. Uh, Wells needs to start, and I thought Viner had a good game again. Joanna Bags, hard work watching that. Pleased with the point, but more annoyed we didn't win it. Semenya was off his game. Naki added real zip when he came on. Love Scott, but the game passed him by again. In fact, the midfield was poor. Shout out for Tanner and the other others at the back. Uh, Simon Bruford, players playing in their correct positions made a big difference, but Wells needs to start instead of Semenyo. Well-earned point and a good point away from the den. Uh, Sean Breddy, hard place to go. Would would have taken a point before, I suppose. Vyman doesn't miss many of those late doors chances. 
um, what could have been. A um, couple more. Shane O'Connor thought the boys battled well, smelt blood, and should have got all three points. Shout out to the over 1,000 City fans there in between Christmas on a Thursday night. And Matt, it was a good turnout, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And, and good good point from Shane. Um, made a lot of noise. Um, and, you know, I, I said it at the start, Mill was a really difficult place to get to if you're travelling sort of by, you know, um, by your own means. So um, for, for fans to travel that way, um, yeah, fair play to them. And and they did support the team. There, there weren't many, um, many sort of chants that, that were of a negative vibe. Um, apart from the tractor one, which I never understand. But yeah, because I don't think many of them can drive a tractor. There was a great point after the game from from Cal Naismith and, and and one tweet, I think I saw it on, Mark Clark said, uh, great to go to a game where all the City fans get right behind the team from start to finish, behind yeah. uh, their team. And Cal Naismith after the game made a great point of just, let's just all stick together. Yeah. You know, until things change or whatever happens, we if we stick together, if the players are putting a shift in, the fans can see that they're they're gonna get behind them. So I think there's that unit message of unity, Matt, that that certainly needs to happen if we're if we're gonna go in the right direction. Yeah, m- maybe it's the the cynic in me. He he referenced the coaching staff, didn't he? But didn't reference the manager specifically. So Nigel kind of comes under that. And I'm as I say, that's that's me kind of looking at something when it definitely probably isn't there. Definitely probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought he spoke really well, Carney Smith um, and hearing him say what a great sort of bunch of lads and how um, they get on and how they're all really working hard and how it really impacts them when we don't get the, the results that we want. Um, you know, he's probably in the same camp as, as you and one or two others in our WhatsApp group that, you know, we are, close to getting it right i'm still not convinced on that front but um i thought he spoke very very well after the game yeah okay uh matt let's go through the ratings okay um these have been done early morning so yeah um max i went six i didn't think he had a huge amount to do um he made one again difficult from our end but one save that looked like bradshaw might have been able to get onto it and he sort of punched it clear for a corner um, but really, other than that, didn't have a, a huge amount to do. I thought his kicking was was slightly better last night. A um, couple of times he, he was a little bit slow off his line. Um, and I don't know whether getting caught like he did on the, against West Brom comes into his, his head. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the, the goals from the, the extra game last night, but um, that was a keeper that uh, didn't do himself any favours. And Mr. Barton's uh, called him out as well, which, yeah. Um, so yeah, I went I went six for Max. Um, so the, the one thing I'll, I'll say about Max, I've seen him like live. Yeah. The last two games, he's so far like disconnected from you know you, you say he doesn't want to cut. He's so far disconnected from the from like whoever the last defender is. You know he's thirty five. You know I think there was one time in the first half I think it was you know Viner's on the center circle on the other in the other team in Millwall's half and he's still just outside his penalty area like literally on his penalty area I mean that's such a big space yeah. and I think that when you come back to talking about being off your line and coming out there were that you know I think he should be at least another 10 
10 yards higher but yeah. i think that's that's also a goalkeeping coaching situation right yeah definitely yeah, <clears> he's definitely. going where he is where he's told yeah. basically yeah and, again, and I, again. I think that's it yeah that's santi goal the weekend i think yeah um the the middle three i went zach seven naismith seven and atkinson eight um i thought they they all defended really well um didn't really give up too many chances. Um, and although I didn't think Millwall were great, I did still think it was a, a solid defensive sort of display. And the Atkinson eight, um, I did think he, he was he was dominant in there, winning the ball, um, got it down a few times. I agree with what Phil says in terms of the talking, but I, I thought for him to come back in and start a game like that, after the noise that he undoubtedly will have picked up on, I'm sure he's even had a conversation with Nigel Pearson on the back of it. Um, there's an element of the fans are backing me. I don't want to kind of let them down, I'm sure. And, and I thought it was a really solid display from him. Um, Cam Pring, George Tanner, I thought, again, both both were solid. I went, um, I went two sixes for them. I didn't think... Cam probably got forward as much as he can do and, and made the most of what he can do. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was a decent performance from Cam. And similarly with George Tanner, I thought George did um did reasonably well as well. With um, um with, with Naismith on the left of the three and like yeah. in the Diag, is that at the detriment of getting Campering involved? Probably is, Patch. Yeah, it's good shape. Um it probably Because he didn't is. seem involved enough for me yesterday. No, he didn't didn't get the ball to sort of be able to run out. And more so in the second half, he did. Um, when we were sort of actually using the midfield a little bit more and, and going out to him, and Alex Scott and him were combining. But yeah, no, good shout on that. Yeah, yeah, it could very well be. Um, so yeah, two sixes for them. The midfield, and it's, it's an interesting one with the midfield. And um, I've put a seven for Matty James. Um, and in some ways... In some ways, I'm kind of... I don't know whether it was a seven. Now, I know Rich Forrester, I think, gave him man of the match in his ratings. Um, and a few people, even George on the coach, thought that thought that Matty James was excellent. Probably for the job that he did last night, he was, you talked about him breaking up the play patch. There was one moment in the first half where he did really well and, and fed it to Semenya. Mm. Um, but I know that Matty James has got more about him than that. I know from an offensive point of view, there's more to him. And I, I didn't see enough of that. I also felt that he was within a kind of 30-yard area of the pitch and didn't kind of get forward very much. We've seen Matty James getting forward and, and getting into the, the edge of the box and stuff. Um, but I think the job he was asked to do and the way that um, it should have allowed Alex Scott a little bit more freedom, um, I, went, I went with a seven, but I don't know whether... I don't know how comfortable I am with that seven, whether it should be a six, but well, um yeah. on the poll we we selected Atkinson, Viner, James and Wells as as yeah. the top four performers, if you like, for for the for the man of the match poll. And there were over 150 votes and nine percent of people thought Matty James was man of the match. So that's yeah. you know, work out that, but it's a good number of people yeah. thought that uh, Matty James was man of the match, and I think it's definitely one of his better games. Mm. Yeah, I'd be comfortable with it, Matt. Yeah, just okay. feel feel okay with yourself. Thanks, mate. <laughs> have, um, a sip, have a sip of tea. Yeah, have a sip of coffee, yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, Alex Scott's an interesting one. I went I went five with Alex to start with, 
But with the other scores that I've looked at, I don't know whether again is that a bit harsh. And, and I'm probably judging Alex scores. Scott on Alex Scott. Um, because I think there's more, again, more to him on that. But if I look at Tanner getting a six, Pring getting a six, then I think Alex is probably a six as well. And if you look at your scores from the last game, Scott was a five and he was definitely better than the game yeah. Yeah. against Stoke. Yeah, fair, fair dues. Well, and also I think, it, like like you said about Matty James, right? What was he asked to do? Do you know what I mean? What, what job was he asked to do? Yeah. yeah. yeah I think if Cam Pring gets more involved and like Tanner was more involved... Yeah. then Scott has a better game yesterday. It's, it's like you say, I, th- I think because of like that moment where he jinked through, because you know Alec, that's Alex Scott, he didn't he didn't have, I can't think of maybe one other run like that where he goes past a couple of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no fair dues. Um, Andy Vyman, I, I harshly scored a five, um, but admittedly this morning, that's very much based on he missed two really good chances <laughs> that he'd probably win us the game. Um, I think it's definitely a five on his first half performance because I didn't think he got got involved very much. But the second half, I thought his his energy and the way that he drove forward, again, you know, sort of talking about it now, I, I think that's that's harsh and it's probably a six for Andy. Um, yeah, I think and so. I, I would genuinely only be scoring him down because of that miss. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> um, and then Tommy, um, Tommy, I went similarly, a six. I thought... Um, he still puts himself about. It didn't quite happen for him last night. But I also think, and Naismith said it himself, how hard the front two worked last night and, and obviously Wells when he came on. And he said, and we gave them very little to work with. And I think that's true. Um, so it's it's kind of easy to knock any of the front players. Um, but I just, just generally don't think they get much service. They certainly didn't get any balls into the box. There was, there's no wing play, you know, both Tanner and Pring. Didn't didn't really. I mean, Tanner probably won cross in the first half. Um, so I went six, but I gave it was one where I was going. Was it a six? Was it a five? Um, he was a six the weekend. I thought his display last night was was the same as the West Brom display. I don't think he was any worse than that. So, mm. and then Antoine, um, I went six, and again similarly, I was kind of, oh, did he do? as much as I would have expected him to do and actually did put himself about. Phil talked about his movement in the first half. Um, he probably, he snatched again at a couple of chances. He had one where it was so Antoine from last season where it was just high and wide and his leg goes from under him, his technique sort of lets him down. But he stayed on the pitch. I think the minutes in his legs will be a good thing. Um I would probably, if he's fit, start him against Coventry and rest Tommy against Coventry. Um, but it really does depend how, how well he recovers from it. But yeah, I, I went six in the end for Antoine. Okay. Um, so overall, that is 6.45. Man of the match for me was Atkinson, um, but could have been, you know, could have been um, James, like people have said. Naki Wells it, it didn't come on to what the seventy second minute something like that, but 68. put put is it right? But put in a shift. Um, I thought Naki looked really good when he came on. Um, but yeah, my my man of the match was Atkinson. So I don't know if you boys agree with that. Yeah, but... oh, the the poll is fifty nine percent Atkinson, twenty one percent Viner, Wells eleven, and James nine. Uh, yeah, do you agree with that, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I think Atkinson was head and shoulders, and then he just let. 
let everybody else do what they needed to do. And I, but I think second half, he was definitely a little bit better in the second half just because of the communication, I think, got better as well. Okay. It's, in, it's interesting, though, again, it goes back to, so So for Pierce and I went six. Um, he's I think, he's, I think he's obviously a, a man harsh. under pressure. Yeah, well, yeah. May, may, maybe it is, and probably a seven is is reflected. <clears> round, that, pegs, so. round pegs in round holes, for a start. Yeah. That's, a, that's, <laughs> but, but that's automatic. That's, 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 <laughs> that's what we would expect, although probably not, <laughs> not from him. But, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go a seven on it. But he's also a man undoubtedly under pressure um i think the fact that his agent comes out with a tweet like he did yesterday which i genuinely don't think i can ever recall an agent doing that for a manager i'm sure there has been certainly probably in the high profile sort of echelons of jose Mourinho and managers like that but yeah you don't get that very often in this podcast here um but it was quite an unusual thing to do i thought um you would assume that Nigel would have had to have okayed that um, and the content of it, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what you boys th- thought about it, but I, I thought it was, it was quite a strange one in, um, you know, to sort of say, look, you know, he's, he's, he's cut the grass into a nice shape down at the, the HPC, and um, you know, the, the, the comfort that they're using in the tumble drives for Scott Murray, that's making a nice smell now on the shirts. And all. It just <laughs> felt a little bit, yeah, okay. I'm not really sure you can say that he's done all of that, but uh, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. So yeah, probably a, a seven for Nigel. You know, I, I'm still very much in the camp. I don't know what I want. I If I'm, if I'm being brutally honest, I want Nigel Pearson to succeed. I want to see a Nigel Pearson side playing like we played against Norwich and Sheffield United on a consistent basis, allowing him the summer from a reset point of view and seeing what he does then. But what I will say is, if that happens, as long as we stay in this league and he gets the reset, I would be looking for real progress in the early months of next season, which is actually difficult when you've got probably a a real big squad change but I really would be looking to see progress and then I would probably be looking to make a change but on the flip side if if I found out tomorrow that he'd gone or after the Coventry game I'm still in the mindset of that's a shame because he's he's said a lot of the right things but I also get from all the comments that we see in our WhatsApp group there are things that I don't you know last night for example a man under pressure. He didn't get much stick, if any, from the away fans. A thousand fans following like that, he could have come to the edge of the box and thanked them. I know it's not what he does, and he stood over by the dugout, and he was the last person there, and he was clapping the fans. I just felt he could have come across a little but bit he, last night. He's clearly taken on feedback from whoever, upper yeah. echelons, agent, whoever. Yeah, yeah. even uh, post-columnist. Yeah. Little, even post-columnist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Such as, you know, early doors, um, going up in the stands and then coming down into the dugout. Yeah. And he's yeah. not been down in the, in the, he's not been up in the not, stands since. Um, I don't think we've seen him there at all, have we, this season? He, so, yeah. His press conference pre-match at West, for the West Brom game, the tone was different. He Much more was, relaxed, yeah. Gave us lots of information, lots of news. Um, and I know that was with in-house media, but, and not the press, but still, um, those little things, those little things go such a long way of walking over to the fans and just giving them applause. He he always covers it off in the 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 post match press com the post match interviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks to the fans and all, all of that stuff, it would mean so much if he would just come over, even if it was halfway, 
and just give you know, the, a fist bump or a or a thank you or something like that. I, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, and I know, um, I know, he, I know, he, he absolutely does always say thank you to the fans, but it's yeah. just that little extra little connection, that little bit of engagement. Yeah, uh, Phil, your thoughts on twenty twenty two and Nigel Pearson, please. So, from a Bristol I don't City know if perspective, just <laughs> <laughs> Nigel in general. Um, <clears throat> so, I think he's, you know, I think it's tough, right? Because he's obviously been asked to come in, do a specific job, and you know, are there people out there who don't like it? Yeah, I mean, hundred percent, right? I mean, you could hear him a couple of them last night, right? Right, and yeah, I don't know if, if Matt heard him from his end, but there were some like when he gave his wave, couple express their opinion of him to 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 do it but i think in general you know it's it's tough right he's, he's obviously been told to come in do what he's got to do get people out who don't want to be there and but you can only do but if they're on stupid money which probably some of them are on stupid they're not going to yeah. go anywhere right no they're not going to go anywhere because there's nobody paying the money that people were what three years ago when when they got their things and and one thing I, I noticed last night was that six six have come through the academy who started that game last night six six in the academy plus then what Tanner Tanner's twenty one so you look at that you look at that yeah maybe he's forced to play him but is he forced to play him because the other ones are going to be out of contract they've already told him he's leaving right or <clears throat> so we talk about Masengo but. You know, maybe Masengo said he's leaving. And if he's turned around and said, I'm leaving, I wouldn't play him. If somebody comes out and says, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm not going to play him. I won't do it. I'd Matt, would you? It. That's an interesting conversation. No, I, and, and, and I get that. Um, I think if, absolutely, if he said, um, I am definitely going elsewhere um, in the summer, then, yeah, I, I completely get that. I think... Interestingly enough, he looks like he's clearing out his wardrobe, doesn't it? Yeah, I did see that yesterday on his Instagram, <laughs> didn't he? Um, it's and it's, it's it's a funny one. So uh, again, we're hoping that we're going to trade um, in January. Now, I don't I don't quite know Phil's point about players that are on on the sort of big money there. Um, we we don't know who the three are that have been told they're not going to be offered contracts. Um, people have kind of gone, oh, Bentley, De Silva, or I would think that they would be offered contracts on reduced terms. I think you're more likely looking at Taylor Moore, James Morton, players that aren't anywhere near the kind of squad. Um, but I don't know how we generate funds unless it is a, a Bentley or a Calas and you agree to pay off the last six months of their contracts or whatever to then get the wages off, but you've still then got to find the money to pay it off. And and Phil's point, if I'm on X grand a week and I haven't got a, client, a club lined up to pay me similar money, why would I go anywhere? Why wouldn't I wait until the summer and then sort out anything that I want to do myself? So... It's an interesting one to see what what will happen in January. Um, there were, you know, a number of tweets and and things that I've seen saying that Alex Scott, West Ham, Tottenham, both very interested in him, um, and potentially he might be one of the jewels that you know we we do allow to leave to generate the money. If we do that, 
for me, like Nigel Pearson has said in a couple of interviews, he strengthens as a priority centre-back. Now, I think centre midfield is absolutely our priority. And I think last night kind of showed we, you know, yes, probably in a squad point of view, if we lose a Smith or an Atkinson, there's not a huge amount of depth there. But I think midfield is where we lose so many games um, that, that that surprises me. So it will be interesting to see what they do. It will be interesting. And I agree with Phil. I don't, if they've come out and said, I'm, I'm definitely not signing them off, I can absolutely understand why they wouldn't be playing. I don't know that's the case with Masengo. Okay. Well, the average uh, score for the team went from 5.25 uh, on Boxing Day up to 6.45 uh, last night. So yep. going in the right direction there. The next game obviously is critical because of the inconsistency that we've got. It'd be great to you know match that 6.45, if not better. It. Again, Patch, we've talked about um, it seems as though we put a performance in after a bit of a fan's revolt and a bit of a... Um, they've got to follow it up now, haven't they? They've got to yeah. put in a good performance against Coventry. And again, I'll say it now, a, a point away at Coventry would be a decent point. Um, okay. You know, some of the results last night, you know, that was a big point for us last night. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Okay, some big news on the 28th of December uh, was the announcement of <laughs> the new CEO, Crystal Palace's longest-serving CEO, Phil Act. Phil Alexander was recognised with the Premier League CEO of the Year Award at the Football Business Awards earlier this year. So on paper, Matt, that looks like a, a fantastic appointment. I can't wait to see what what he brings. Obviously, he's got big boots to fill. Uh, no pun intended. Boots to fill. Get it? Um, in Richard Gould. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few months, at Ashton Gate, Matt, and see what um, what changes are brought. Yeah, I mean, you have to say his CV looks very good. He's he's a football man, which is which is obviously a good thing. Um, I I wonder um, when I when I read sort of a fair bit on Palace fans and comments that have been made by um, Steve Parish um, and a couple of other sort of people connected with with Palace, um, very much involved in the business side of it. Um, certainly at Wickham, where he's been consulting at Wickham and very much involved in. Um, what they've been doing there with with business, so I I kind of hope that it's um, still very much with football in the forefront and what happens on the pitch. But obviously, he's also got to look at it from how we can also generate the revenue as well. So you know, I I don't think any city fan could have looked at that and thought it was a poor appointment. I think he's he's got everything you'd hope to see. And when you see the comments from Steve Parish, I mean, he, he gives him an absolutely glowing reference, doesn't he? So. Um, yeah, finger, fingers crossed it's a good fit. Um, and good that he's been brought in now, can work a month with Richard um, and work the transfer window, understand the way that we, we need to do that business. So, yeah, it's good. And I think he's got some American sports background as well, Phil, from um, something I read. I'm sure he was connected to American football or um, something else, I'm sure. Maybe even played, I don't know. Uh, I'm just reading through here. Alexander played for England schoolboys professionally for Norwich and was a place kicker for the London Monarchs, American football team, London winning Monarch. the World Bowl 
at <laughs> Wembley Stadium in 1991 there you uh, go. before moving into football administration. But it's interesting what John's, John Lansdowne said. We're delighted to secure someone of Phil's calibre and football experience from a highly competitive field of candidates. So obviously there were other people looked at. He's operated at the highest level of English foot club football and knows what is required for success both on and off the field. There will be a handover period with Richard until the end of the transfer window before Phil takes over fully in February. Yeah, I was good to see him not reference that we're a sleeping giant as well. Um, that that was that was good that he didn't didn't come out with that. But again, I don't. I think probably as City fans, we we kind of get a little bit. Oh yeah, as as if there would have been an extensive list of candidates and blah blah blah. But we are a really. I bet attractive, they were. Yeah, because we are a really attractive proposition. You know, we we probably, as I say, get a little bit caught in it, but everything is geared and it has been for quite a while. So, um, and people talked about the sports quarter and if that comes in, oh yeah, but that's, that's not city, that's Bristol sport. And, you know, um, we want our club back and all of that kind of thing. But people fail to realize that by developing the stadium, by having that sports quarter, it does make it more attractive for players as well. <laughs> we know known... the HPC has had a, a huge impact on players coming to us. So, yeah. It's it's known in the business as the multiplier effect. Is it? Go- thank you, Google thank it you. when you get right. home. There you go, yeah. I'm, um... I'm, oh, you meant the listeners, right? <laughs> yeah, because they're out walking their dog uh, or whatever uh, okay. they're doing. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to leave it there. Uh that's the end of 2022, more or less. Well, from a bonus show podcast perspective, it is. Uh, Phil, fantastic that you are back watching a few games in person. It must must be um, much better than watching it on a on a TV. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you are you still here for cough game, Phil? Are you going to cough? Uh, or? Yeah, not sure if we're going. Not right, sure. Okay. If we go back next Friday. Right, go back okay. next Friday. So. Definitely. And do you, do you, do you hope to see what's the other left back that we've got that haven't been oh, playing? Oh, Jada Silver <laughs> <laughs> and Zach Viner, right? Exactly. <laughs> By popular demand. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Matt, for getting there, Jada Silver. Yeah. <laughs> Shant in there. But uh, no, thank you everyone for listening throughout 2022. Yeah. Um, we do this as a, a labour of love. And uh, it's great that we can accompany you on dog walks and all various, <laughs> various yeah. uh, states of undress, I'm sure. But um, thanks so much, Phil, for joining us. Uh, Matt, we'll see you on New Year's just, Day. Just one final tribute. Just um, one final thing. To Corporal Luis Fernandez. Give me the ball and I'll do this, 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 this. Go. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> how this podcast started. But you won't know that until you listen later. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Take, Take care. care. We'll All be back. Take care. Bye, mate. I've been fast. Gonna take this moment. I'm gonna make it Because you don't know me. Don't be quick to judge. Because I tell you something. I don't care that much. Don't come around here.
regret it if you stay in this town. I'm no savior, I will take you down. This here town. You know it ain't that big. It don't take long, they'll know just what I did. Don't come around here. Watching that little town slowly disappear. 